Thank you for downloading the podcast. We believe the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. I don't know how many this has happened to, but it's something that has kind of lingered, it's physically in your body. Uh, uh, it's kind of like, you know, you may have had a cold or had the flu or had something that the enemy tried to attack your body with. And, and you're, you know, you're, 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 you pretty much uh, feel that you're healed in your body and all that. But there's just some little old nagging, either a cough or a congestion or a, it's not like it's full blown, uh, but it's just kind of hanging in there, just kind of nagging on you. Is that everybody that that's going on in your body? Stand up right now. Just stand up right now. I mean, it's just kind of hanging there. It's not, look at all these people. Isn't that amazing that God knows these things? Everyone lift your hands right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke every symptom. We don't care if, it, if it's light or just lingering, just a, a little bit of a runny nose or a little bit of a sore throat or a headache in the morning or whatever. In the name of Jesus, we command total healing in Jesus' name in the body of every believer. And in the name of Jesus, I bind the adversary, which would kind of try to cause us to kind of linger with the weather and with the sea. No, in Jesus' name. We thank you right now for total health, total healing. We release it in the name of Jesus, thanking you that every person that's standing right now receives it in Jesus' name. Now, Father, we thank you for it. We believe we receive. In the name of Jesus, we declare it belongs to us. Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a shout this morning. Praise God. Romans chapter 5. Let's go there real quick as we kick it off. This is our third service on teaching on redemption. I so enjoy teaching on redemption. It's something that I've taught on for close to 30 years now. And, you know, one of the things that we've, we kind of said at the, on, uh, on the, at the uh, outset, at the beginning of the teaching, a lot of people say, well, Pastor, you know, I've got a current need. I've got, I need finances. I've got a particular Situation in my physical body, uh, problem in my business, my family got a current need. Could you please teach on that current need? Well, you know, there, there are, all of us could probably step into the arena of having a current need. Amen? But the thing is, is if you have a handle, if you have an understanding of who you are, uh, what you have, and what you can do in Christ, and then you have an understanding uh, of, of the concept of faith and how to apply these truths, then I guarantee you, you're not going to struggle near as much as a lot of other people will. Uh, this overall revelation of redemption, it's kind of like the all-encompassing understanding of the ability of God to redeem His creation. Through the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, the, 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 the significance of that last Adam, the significance of that first Adam, how those two people, those two individuals, has affected every person that ever born on this planet. And how you can press into what God's done for us in Christ. And I guarantee you, I like what one preacher, old preacher, he said it years ago like this. He said, if you see who you be, it will change what you do. And a lot of people's problem is they only look in the mirror of, the, of their first birth, of humanity. And you know, thank God for what God's brought us out of. You know, it says he's delivered us from the power of darkness, translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Thank God for what he's brought us out of. He's brought us out of sin and iniquity. He's brought us out of sickness and disease, poverty, lack, brought us out of addiction, affliction. But listen, it's not what God brought you out of that's going to put you over. It's what he's bringing you into. It's not the coming out of. It's the going into. That's the translated into the kingdom of his dear son. That's what's going to put you over right there. I remember for years, I, uh, when I first went into the ministry back in the early 80s, a lot of the meetings that I did, were an or there was an organization called Full Gospel Businessmen. So <coughs> I had a testimony 
uh, that I was sharing and telling. So while I was in Bible school, excuse me, I went to a lot of full gospel businessmen meetings. That's where I began to meet pastors and get open doors to churches. But I went to, and I used to share my testimony. And I hated giving that. I hated it. I mean, I just despised it because I was just an idiot. For about 13 years, I was just an idiot. God called me to preach when I was 17. I shook my fist at God and said, I'm not going to do it. But eventually, I came around. I said, you'll come around. If you know there's a call of God on your life, and everybody in here, there's a call of God, you'll come around. So don't run from him, run to him, amen? Well, everybody used to want to hear that. And so I used, to, I used to pray. I said, Lord, I don't want to tell that. To, and the Lord would always, and they, now they would always pray the scripture out of Revelation. Well, you overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. So I remember many times standing in the circle with those full gospel businessmen, and they'd, they'd quote that scripture out of Revelation and say, now remember, Rusty, you're an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of your testimony. And I was like, oh, here we go again. Got to tell that stupid testimony how stupid I was for all those stupid years. Amen? Because it was stupid. Stupid means you know to do better, but you don't. So one day, I'll never forget, it was in April of 1985. I was down in Harlingen, Texas. Dr. Oscar Hamilton was the president of Full Gospel Businessmen staying in his home. And we had a glorious service at the, I forget what hotel it was there in Harlingen, uh, but it was a packed crowd. There was probably 600 people there. The Spirit of God moved in such a profound way. People were blessed, saved. We had people that were healed, filled with the Holy Ghost, saved. We just had a wonderful time. I went back to his house. I remember going into the bedroom and falling across the bed and saying, Lord, I've had, I can't do this no more. I am so fed up with rehearsing 13 years of stupidity. I want to preach. I'd been studying redemption. I'd been in Bible school. I was ready to go. And I never forget what the Lord spoke to me. He, right out of his word. He said, but you're an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. And I said, that's my problem, Lord. I want to preach on the blood of the lamb, but when it comes to the word of my testimony, I don't want anything to do with that. And he spoke to me again. He said, but you're an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. And I said, that's my problem, Lord. I don't mind the blood of the lamb. I'll be a blood of the lamb preacher all my life. But it's that word of my testimony that I've got to pray. And I'll never forget, the Holy Ghost so gently spoke to me and he said, here's your problem. Your problem is with your unrighteous testimony. But you don't overcome with the word of an unrighteous testimony. You have a new testimony. And when he said that to me, the light went off in my spirit, man. I said, uh-oh. And I got out my notebook and I wrote me a brand new testimony. I started with 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, all things have become new. I went down to verse 21. He that knew no sin was made sin on our behalf because of that. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Man, I started going through all those redemptive scriptures. I began to get all these, uh, uh, that the devil's under our feet, that prayer in Ephesians 1, that prayer in Ephesians 3, all the, and I wrote me a brand new testimony. And I remember the next full gospel businessman chapter I went to, and they said, now don't forget, you're an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. And I got up and I said, turn to 2 Corinthians 5, 17. I'm fixing to give you my testimony. And when I finished, God, God blessed people. Power of God moved. People were healed, saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. But then the president of the full gospel businessman chapter came to me and said, well, that's preaching. I said, I'm just sharing my testimony. Your testimony is the same as mine. They say, well, I'm this, I'm that. I'm No, you're, no, 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 no. You're a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things are new for you. 
He that knew no sin was made sin on your behalf. Because of that, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You were buried with him by baptism, planted in the likeness of his death. Now you rise and walk in newness of life. We were all crucified with him. Nevertheless, we live, yet not us, but Christ lives in us. And the life we now live in the flesh, we live by the faith of the Son of God who loved and gave. See, you just got to get you a brand new testimony. So when we left off last week, we were in a mess. It's those women. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Y'all know where we'd be if it wasn't for women? All the men know? Garden Eden. Glory to God. Just kidding. Don't be mad. We wouldn't have the Eden we have today. Verse 12, Romans 5, real quick, then we'll go back to Genesis. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. Now remember, last week we studied death. We studied death as relevant to the human experience. I mean, remember, every time I say the word death, what do you think of? Say it again. Say it again. To the human existence or to the human experience, death does not mean the cessation of life. Death means separation. Spiritual death, separation from God. Physical death, spirit, the body being separated from the physical, from the, excuse me, from the human spirit. Then there's eternal death. And we don't want anybody on this planet to enter into eternal death. That's why we have Island Church. That's why we support missionaries. That's why we do conferences. That's why we do everything we do. That's why we do our street outreach on Saturdays. We go to the jail. We do everything we can do because God has put a commission and a mandate upon us to try to stop anybody that is physically dead from entering into, excuse me, anybody that is spiritually dead from entering into physical death that would put them in a place of eternal separation from God. Can I get a better Amen. Now, notice here, notice here in verse, uh, let me find it real quick. Notice in verse 17, for if by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Now notice this, much more they that receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life. Everybody say reign in life. One translation says reign as a king in life by one Jesus Christ. Now go back to Genesis chapter 3 where we were. We kind of look at those jumping off scriptures for just a moment. Now let's bring... Three words, everybody say three words. At this point in our teaching, we need to bring three words uh, uh, into the forefront that are going to help us uh, gain a greater understanding of what we're teaching on. These three words are substitution, everybody say substitution. Identification, everybody say identification. Union, everybody say union. Now last week we saw that an illegal, immoral, criminal entity got into one of God's creatures and crawled into God's garden. Now remember what he did. Number one, he usurped spiritual authority. He went to the woman, not the man. He challenged the word of God in her. He told an outright lie. Thou shalt not surely die. That's a lie. Are you with me? Then he got the eyes of the woman off of all of the trees that God said they could have and got their eyes on the tree that they said he could not have. Created within God's creation what I like to call the sin of dissatisfaction. Don't ever let the enemy create a sin of dissatisfaction in you. He uses that same old trick today. Listen, quit looking at what you don't have, look at what you do have. You say, Pastor, but I need, I need, I need, I need. We all need. But the good thing is, I remember one time, Lee and I, the Lord had spoke to us about buying a particular house, and it was a, the home that we ended up starting Island Church in, and, and, and basically, we couldn't afford it, but the Lord spoke very specifically to us. When I walked in the door, when Leah showed me the home, I'd come back from preaching in a conference in Europe, and when I got back, she had 
what lined up 10 houses for us to look at. I walked into the, the she chose the most expensive down to lease. I walked into the most expensive one. The Lord said, that's it, buy that house. I'm like, okay, with what? I mean, I, literally. And so we begin to pray, and the Lord began to direct us in prayer. And then we begin to get a little discouraged. Anybody ever get a little discouraged? And the Lord really corrected me real strongly. He said, your problem is, because we needed a certain amount of money for down payment, we needed 20%. When you're in a position that I am, pastor in an independent church, ain't nobody will back you up. You got to have 20% down to buy a house. We needed 20% to put down. We needed closing costs. We needed things for moving. We needed all this kind of stuff. We needed the house that we were currently in to sell. We needed a whole lot. And we were looking at all of what we did not have. And it was causing us to be discouraged. And God spoke to us and said, quit looking at what you don't have. It'll always bring you down. Look at what you do have. So we begin to look at the money we had given. We begin to look at our obedience to the Lord in ministry, what he had told us to do. We begin to look at the faith that God had given us through the word of God, the prophecies that God had given us, the words of wisdom, the words of knowledge. And we begin to turn ourselves from what we did not have to what we did have. Now listen, every one of you in here have something. Don't let the enemy get your eyes on what you do not have or what you cannot have and get you into a place of dissatisfaction. He's ran, he's ran that scheme on us for 6,000 years. Mm-mm-mm. Then the man, everybody say the man. The Bible says that was with her. Allowed all of that to happen, allowed all of that to take place. They ate of the fruit. The Bible said they saw they were naked. God came down looking for them in the cool of the day. Then we begin to see some things in man. Number one, he began to blame. That wasn't just aimed at the woman, it was aimed at God. It's your fault. I didn't ask for this woman. I was happy with the parrot. Remember last week, happy with the parrot? No, no, it's the woman you gave me. Amen. He began to blame. Then fear. I was afraid and I hid myself. So we begin to see the effects of a different union. You say, what do you mean a different union? Before Adam sinned, before Adam and the Adam with the womb, or the womb man, before they sinned and disobeyed God, they were in union with God. Then when they sinned and spiritually died, that union changed. Now they're in union with the enemy of God, who is Satan, who is Lucifer. Remember last week we studied man's condition is in Adam. No, not good. No, not one. Well, I know some good people. No, not good. No, not one. Their feet are swift to shed blood. There are none that seeketh after God. Remember all of that last week? Man's condition and that. And are by nature, the Bible, children is wrath. That's what's so sad about watching governments trying to fix it. Well, we'll fix it with money. Well, we'll fix it with laws and legislation. You can't fix the fallen condition of mankind without a redeemer. And thank God, God sent Jesus to redeem us from all that happened to us because of Adam's fall. Now, we've got Adam. Remember who he is. He's the master copy. He's the fountainhead. He's the one that's going to enter into the law of Genesis of every seed reproducing after its own kind. Adam did not reproduce after that which he was created. He reproduced after that which happened to him because of the fall. And through Satan, everybody say Satan, came all of the garbage, all of the gunk. Listen. Man was not created to be sick. Man was not created to be poor. He was not created to be depressed. He wasn't created to be addicted. He wasn't created to have war. He wasn't created to be prejudiced. He wasn't created to have hate. He wasn't created to have fear. All this garbage, all this gunk that was in Lucifer, a fallen being, 
Not a God that fell out of heaven. Not the brother of Jesus. Amen. Oh, I ought to get a stronger amen than that. Amen. No, no, a fallen cherub. Amen. Remember we studied authority of the believer? A fallen cherub. All of that gunk that was in them formed up in a package called iniquity. Everybody say iniquity. We know it originated in Lucifer himself, for it says in Isaiah 14, he was perfect in the day in which he was created until iniquity was found in him. Thank God Jesus, the Bible says Jesus was what? Isaiah 53, wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity. This iniquity entered into humanity. What is iniquity? Motivation. That's why you don't have to teach your children how to lie, how to steal. A friend of mine, he was traveling, he used to have a travel trailer. He'd travel around with his family. His little boy was about six years old. That young man now pastors a church. He's about six, year old, six years old. And at a, at a counter, and then purchasing some food at a little, little like 7-Eleven store, he stole a pack of gum, put it in his pocket. He got back into the motorhome, and a, this friend of mine saw his six-year-old son opening this pack of gum. He said, where'd you get that? So he bowed, you know, ducked his head down. He's caught stealing. So, you know, he took him outside, corrected him the way he should, came a little spanking, took him back into the uh, store, made him give the gum back and apologize to the store clerk. And so he got him back into the, into the motorhome and he said, why'd you do that? He said, the devil told me to do it. <laughs> he said the next time they were in the store, because after the little bit of correction that he'd gotten, you know, he pretty much got the message, thou shalt not steal. Had to lay down the law, amen. So he got, they were standing at another store. He said this was a couple of days later. He said he was standing at a, at a counter and his young boy was standing there. He said he was paying, looked down at his son and his son looked up and said, devil's not saying nothing now, daddy. <laughs> amen. You know why? Law. We'll study that a little later. But now here we've got God's creation. They're blaming. They got fear in them. They're hiding themselves. They try to cover themselves with creation, and that doesn't even work. Now pick it up. Let's pick it up in, in Genesis 3. Notice here. It says, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, verse 14, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. And upon thy belly thou shalt go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Everybody say all. You know, God will even redeem uh, 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 the animal kingdom. The Bible says even in the millennium, the lion will lay down the lion, but not the snake. And you know, there's just something about snakes. You know, if I had one and threw it out there, nobody would reach up for it. I said, there's just something about snakes. I've always had a shoot first, identify later uh, concept when it comes to snakes. But a lot of them have what in their mouth? Poison. Poison in their mouth. Snakes are at enmity with mankind, and especially women. There's something just, you ever see a, a woman with a snake? It's just the weirdest, most abstract thing you've ever seen. There's just something about snakes that people are just, ugh. Well, that's because God put a curse on them. And now he's dealing with the problem. But now notice verse 15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Everybody say, thank God for mercy. Now listen, this is right at, the, at the, the fall. Wham, it happens. They're separated from God. They're spiritually dead. God doesn't wait five chapters, three more books, or even into the New Testament. Immediately upon the fall of his creation, he gives them reason to hope. 
He begins to give them an answer. Listen, you say, I've made a mistake. I've had a problem. Listen, don't wait weeks. Don't wait months. Don't wait years. Get right with God now. God's got an answer for you right now. And literally, this is the first redemptive scripture. He said, I'm going to use the seed of the woman, and I'm going to use myself, the word of God. And I'm going to take that word, the, the, the phrase here. Let me get back to it. The phrase, bruise thy head. It's an old ancient term, which means take the authority away from, which means this enmity, this enemy, an enmity of man, an enemy of God, got what? The authority, got the dominion that God intended for man to have. Now let me say this. It's not the earth. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It's the system that's corrupt. The cosmos is what it's called in the Greek. This system is so corrupt, it's never worked, it never will work. Thank God for the great experiment that they call the United States of America. But even now we're seeing seeds sown that can result in even the destruction of this nation. I'm not preaching doom and gloom, I'm just telling you, that's the way Adam's family runs. Our first birth puts us into the human family. Adam was the first white man. Adam was the first black man. Adam was the first Hispanic man. Adam was the first Oriental man, the first European, the first African. You name it, Adam is it. He is the master copy. And the enemy corrupted him. And the enemy messed him up. And he poured iniquity and sickness and disease. But here's the key. We'll find this out later. One thing the enemy can't do and one thing God will not do is violate your human will. It is the one thing that is sacred and the one thing that cannot be touched. So here's God. You can imagine how brokenhearted he is. He began to say some things into the woman, talking about childbirth. It would be difficult. Notice verse, uh, where is it here? Verse 18. Thorns also and thistles shall I bring forth to thee. Thou shalt eat of the herb of the field. It is, isn't it amazing when we study from the cross to the throne, we see Jesus took what upon his head? Does anybody remember? A crown of what? He said, look, take the, take, take the fall, take the fall, put it on my head. Oh, thank God for Jesus. I said, thank God for Jesus. Put it on me, I'll take it. Verse 20 says, And Adam called his wife's name Eve because he was now the mother of all the living. Verse 21, Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make Coats of skins and clothe them. Now notice, God clothed them. They tried to clothe themselves by sewing what? Why don't you try that? Go make you a pair of, you know, leaf shorts and see how long they last you. Notice, man's inability to clothe himself. He's tried to clothe himself with education. He's tried to clothe himself with civilization. He's tried to clothe himself with everything he can do, but man still cannot clothe himself, and God had to go sacrifice part of his creation. He had to shed blood, and he had to prepare something to clothe his man with. Thank God in his mercy that he did it. Amen? Now, as we get into the different, there's so many different types, so many different shadows. He was put forth from Eden. He had to go. He had to leave. Verse 4 says, Adam knew his wife. She conceived and bare Cain. Now, notice this. And said, I have gotten a man, notice the phrase, from the Lord. Now when Cain was born, Eve expected that to be the Redeemer. You go study the phrase, I've gotten a man from the Lord. That, they, were, they thought, well, God's going to fix this. must be now. But that wasn't the case. We know Cain was born. 
We know his brother Abel was born. Now, we know in their relationship together, one was the tiller of soil, excuse me, being Cain, the ground was cursed. We know that. Abel kept the, uh, kept the flocks. Out of the firstling of his flocks, he brought an offering to the Lord. And then Cain, out of the ground that was cursed, he brought an offering. And kind of as we saw as we took the offering this morning, it was the element of faith that made it pleasing unto God. Because here's the thing, folks. Even things out of the ground under Levitical law, there were grain offerings, there were, heave, there were different types of offerings. So obviously, there was an element of faith that was missing in the offering of Cain that didn't please God. And here's the thing about God. If you'll study the way he dealt with Cain, he was trying to help him through correction, but Cain wouldn't hear it. And he got mad, and he got full of jealousy. Iniquity, jealousy. He began to envy. Iniquity, envy, instead of suppressing, yielded to it. He began to hate. You know what hate's the forerunner of, don't you? Hate's the forerunner of murder. And what did he end up doing? He ended up murdering his brother. He murdered his brother. God came down and said, what'd you do? God put a mark on him and Cain wandered the rest of his life. Never settled anywhere. Could you imagine what kind of life that must have been? With a mark upon him. How horrible that in the first generation after creation, murder, hate, envy, jealousy shows up and costs the human family one quarter of its family. My goodness. Now notice. It begins to talk about the different generations and all that went on. The different people that begin to show up on the earth, their significance. Verse chapter 5 talks about the generations. If we got into all that, it'd just bog us down. But I wanted us to get over into chapter 6 a little bit and look at two things. How's my time? Oh, I got good, good. I got about 10 minutes left. Now look at this. It says in verse 5, eh, let's do that. All right, I'll do that. Let's go ahead and go to verse 1. It says, And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, and that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they had chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, and his days shall be 120 years. And there were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, there were the sons of God came unto the daughters of men. And they bear them children. And the same became mighty men, which are of old, men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great upon the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. Now we're in a mess. Now first of all, I, 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 in teaching on redemption over the years and all that I've taught, I always am very careful to go into this subject. The sons of God and the daughters of men. I have seen, Lord, help us and give us mercy. More controversy, more church splits, more denominational tariffs, more people get all upset and messed up over this one dumb revelation in the Word of God that has no relevance to your salvation, it has no relevance to your healing. It has no relevance to your prosperity. God put it in there just to show us that there were some things going on that we don't know everything about. Who are the sons of God? I ain't got a clue. And I've, listen, I've sat around something, and they'll, they'll tell you who it is. I'll tell you who it is. Yeah, right. I've heard everything from extra, extraterrestrials. I have. 
I've sat at the table with the prophecy teachers and all, and they'll tell you everything from extraterrestrials to, to this and to that. Listen, at the end of the day, it's a minor doctrine. And the problem with a lot of people is when you start majoring on minor things, you're fixing to get yourself in trouble. There was a, you say, was there a pre-existent race before Adam? I don't know. Looks like there might be. I don't know. Maybe there was. The sons of God were actually just who they said they were, the sons of God. They saw the daughters of men. Who were the daughters of men? That word is the word mankind. That's Adam's race. Apparently, there were two different groups of people. What does that mean? I have no idea. Neither does anybody else. I've seen books written on it, sat down, read through it. Usually, I'll read a chapter, go to the middle, read a chapter, read the covers in the back, open it up, say, I don't know what they're talking about. It's a minor issue. But the point is, what they were doing did not please God. What they were doing did not help the human race. What they were doing, it may have created some men of renown. It may have created giants. That might have been the, the, the origin of Greek mythology. I don't know. I've heard every kind of crazy thing you can... Literally, I heard one guy teaching on that these guys were people that were uh, an advanced race, that they had a, had a place called Atlantis. Everybody heard of Atlantis? And they all lived in the ocean and they knew about submarines and Captain Nemo and flying saucers and all this kind of stuff. And I'm going... Can you give me some chapter and verse on that and I'll teach it? And No, 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 no. There were some races of people that were here on the planet. Their origin, we know not of. Why they were here, when they, we know not of. We know this. Man was created in the likeness and image of God. And man fell and bowed his knee to the enemy of God. When he did, the iniquity that was inherent in Satan got into mankind. It caused murder, it caused death, it caused heartache, and it caused, caused wickedness in humanity. Whatever else was going on with these other races and beings, we don't have clear information on all of that. So what we're going to do is we're going to take the Word of God for what it is. We're going to thank God that He sent a Redeemer named Jesus. He didn't come in a flying saucer. And these men of renown and these sons of God, let's just leave it in Genesis on the pages where there are. I know there's some other scripture references down through the old prophets and the minor prophets, things that, but it's all, listen to me, are you ready? It's all a shadow to us. Now let me say that again. It's all a shadow to us. We can speculate, we can come up with this and that, but here's the good news. Why live in a shadow and argue over a shadow when we can walk in the light? Amen. Amen. So I don't know, man. There was some crazy stuff going on. Giants. We know we saw giants. We see giants over in 1 Samuel 17. We see giants in the NBA. I don't know. But we know whatever they were doing, it did not please God. Now notice this. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. And it grieved him at his heart. Could you imagine how God must have felt? And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But now notice verse 8. I love this. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now listen, this, uh, this is where I want to close this morning because this will help you. In understanding, of, after you know, where we left off at creation, and God's family, there was murder. Then we get over into these shadowy things. And the next thing we know after Methuselah dies, here comes Noah. And we'll go study Noah and Abraham next week. So I don't want to get into everything because I don't want to preach my next week's message. But the point I want to make is the force of the human will 
when everyone on the planet is yielded to the iniquity that is on the inside of them. And I've, I've, I've read and heard some speculation, but I'm telling you what, the, the earth was going crazy. I mean, if it, was, if it was to the point that God repented himself for making mankind, there was some wickedness going on. There was some absolute wickedness going on. Therefore, a man, everybody say a man. One man can make a difference. A man made a decision. I'm not going to follow after that which even is in me that motivates me. Noah was a spiritually dead man, spiritually separated from God. He chose. He chose by his willpower to regulate his behavior according to that which he knew about God. And because of that, the Bible says he found grace or the ability of God working on his behalf he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You've got to understand, church, now that you're a born-again believer, and we'll get into the identification, substitution, and union doctrine a little more heavily, but you have to understand, he was wounded for your transgression, bruised for your iniquity. The chastisement of his peace was upon him. By his stripes you are healed. On the inside of you, that iniquity is gone. It has been severed out by the redemptive work of Jesus. But you still have a choice. God still does not violate your choice. And when you make a decision to live after that which has been redeemed on the inside instead of that which has not been redeemed on the outside. Remember we talked about physical death, aging, all that is taking place. Your body, your mind is out of, it's crazy. Your body, if you wanted to live by what your body wanted you to do, you wouldn't even got out of bed this morning. But the real you, Everybody say the real me. The real you is in union with God. Because of the substitutionary work of Jesus Christ, you are in union with God. You are now no longer members of the human family. Your flesh may resemble it. Your mind may resemble it. But your human spirit, the Bible says it is sealed and the evil one touches it not. Your human spirit. That part of you that if you learn to live after the Spirit, the Bible says you will not fulfill or yield to the lust of your flesh and of your mind. And if you will understand that God loved you so much, He saved you. Your body will be saved. The soul will be saved one day. Remember, thank you, Lord, for reminding me of that. Remember Peter. Could you imagine what it must have been like walking with Jesus for three years, three to three and a half years, as a spiritually dead man? He's a spiritually dead man. Until John 20, when Jesus walked in, right through the wall, walked in, breathed on them, and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. At that point, those men were born again. Then he gave them a command, because Jesus can only command those who have received him. He said, You go to Jerusalem, you wait for the promise of the Father which saith he of me. John baptized with water. But you should be baptized with the Holy Ghost. So then he goes and he gets baptized in the Holy Ghost. Then he preaches that great inaugural message of the church and 3,000 got saved. And he leaves them with one point. He said, now save yourself from this wicked and untoward generation. Now he wasn't talking about your eternal salvation. He wasn't talking about the spirit man. He was talking about the effects of the fall in Adam's race. You're going to have to take your salvation. You're going to have to take the word of God. You're going to have to take God putting you in a church, filling you with the Holy Ghost, the gifts of the Spirit, the word, the revelation. You're going to have to take it and you're going to, Pastor, save me. I can't do it. 
TV evangelist said, no, 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 he can't do it. You've got to make a decision through your willpower. I'm going to live after what has happened to me in my spirit. I have been redeemed from Adam's race. I was born into the human family, but I have been born again. In my human family runs divorce. In my human family runs cancer. In my human family runs addiction. In my human family runs depression. But I have been born again into the family of God. Therefore, I am going to save myself. I'm going to renew my mind. Come on, church. I'm going to present my body a living sacrifice. I'm going to fulfill my calling and my destiny in the kingdom of God. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. I'm going to use my willpower for me instead of against me. I'm not going to become my worst enemy. And when you make a decision to use your willpower, to make the decisions, to agree with that family which you have been born again into, God will rush every bit of grace. You will find grace for your mind. You will find grace for your flesh. You will find grace for the situations you find yourself involved in. I'm not preaching some kind of greasy, kinky grace that people have gotten off in. I'm talking about the true grace of Almighty God. When you make mistakes, then He'll give you mercy. But as long as you're using your willpower and doing everything you know to do, you will find grace in the eyes of God. And God will cause the blessings of the Lord to help you every step you need to make in saving yourself from this wicked and untoward generation. Amen. You learned something this morning. Lift your hands up and worship the Lord. Father, we bless your name. Thank you for your mercy, your goodness, your grace, your kindness to us. Thank you that you've redeemed us from the fall of man and all that took place in that fall. Father, you brought redemption unto us through the finished work of Jesus. Father, we're not going to major on the minors and minor on the majors. We're going to stick in the major part, the meat of the reality of what you've done for us in Christ. So, Father, this morning, if there be any in here that have not made those decisions they need to make, any that's not living right, any that's not doing right, I thank you this morning that will make a decision to serve you all the days of their life. Ever head bowed, ever eye closed, nobody looking. Thank you for joining us today. We trust you enjoyed the podcast. We extend an invitation to you. Come join us in one of our services, Sunday morning, 1045, Tuesday prayer, 730, Thursday evening, midweek service, 730. We are located 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. See you there.